It's time for music play. Hello, and welcome to Music Play Minutes Shorts. Today, my special guest is Denise Gagne with 20 questions from Artie and Denise, Washington, D.C. All right, Denise, uh, thank you for joining me today. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple questions from this last Artie and Denise session, and uh, the teachers, one of the, the ones I actually saw re- repeats of were, how long did each of you teach in a regular classroom before you we went public? I will be asking John and Artie this as well, but we'll start. How long did you teach in a regular classroom before you went public? I was teaching 25 years, but I still consider myself a classroom teacher because I get in and I guest teach, and I do it as often as I can. Last year, my guest teaching was my granddaughter's grade four classes, where I taught them how to play the recorder, and I managed it in eight classes, starting in February and ending at the end of June. So not near enough time, so I had to be really effective as a recorder (laughs) teacher to get them anywhere. Right. How did you decide to start Music Play Online? And I actually know it wasn't called Music Play Online at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I started writing out of necessity. Every teacher has limited budget. And so I started creating teaching materials for my students. I was lucky enough to have somebody who taught me finale early on, and I started creating teaching materials that looked really nice with the help of a Mac SE30 and a laser printer. Mm -hmm. So the materials were looking good. I was writing. Um, I had some things published by a publisher called J. Weston Walsh, but they only wanted middle school. When I went to elementary, they didn't want them. So that's when I started publishing elementary, and to my great astonishment and surprise, Everything went well. There was no teachers pay teachers back in the 80s and the 90s. (laughs) So before teachers pay teachers, I was becoming successful as a self-publisher. We did Nashville, Artie and Denise in Nashville, I think in 2014. And we toured the Quaver Studios. And that was the point at which I realized online is the way to go. And so I met with a representative from the National Research Council of Canada who had, I'd actually taught her two kids, and they were quirky and musical. They loved me. I loved them. She walked in my building and she saw, oh my gosh, you've done so much since you taught my kids. And she helped us get a grant to do the first build. Mm. So the build happened in 2015. It was open to the public while we were building, and we didn't start charging for it until 2016. And I was so excited the first Christmas after we started that we had 400 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Baby yeah. steps. So that's that's how it started. Well, Music Play Online, and you started the, uh, the Themes and Variations moniker back in the 90s with uh, books and uh, the teacher guides and all that fun stuff. So. And that was with you, Morgan. <laughs> Morgan had just graduated high school when we started recording together. And I would save up all my recordings until his summer break because anybody else that I tried in the wintertime was so poor at recording kids' voices compared to what Morgan did that it was worth waiting <laughs> until he was free and uh, could could record us. Well, thank you. Real to real days. <laughs> real to oh, dat tapes, all kinds of interesting <laughs> technologies. Absolutely. All right. Um, yes. Somebody asked, "What is your favorite song to use on Music Play Online?" Oh, that's that's hard. For the littles, I, I do think "Sleepy Bunnies" is probably my favorite that I've written, and. 
I would say for the older students, A Wish for Peace is is my favorite choral piece. But I have lots of favorite games and lots of favorite activities that I like to do. Everything well, you do for a different reason. Absolutely. And we have that, uh, what not sweepstakes, but what do we call it? The, the, March uh, Madness. March Madness every year. And, and I have chosen poorly the last several years. <laughs> <laughs> Sleepy Buddies keeps winning. Keeps winning over and over again. Uh, oh, I like this. Uh, Denise. At what point do you start counting instead of tees and taws? Fourth grade. So basically when I transition kids into recorder, that's when I transition them from solfege into absolute pitch names, pitch letter names, and the counting as well. We teach them now for sure that they know the half notes, two beats in four, four time, one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. So it starts in fourth grade. I would say really I teach band style counting, sixth grade and up. Okay. What countries have you taught workshops in? I don't know if I can remember them all. Um, Canada and the United States. So the United States, all 50 states. In Canada, all provinces, all the territories. I did a workshop in Korea for several days that was really exciting. Uh, Then I went to Singapore and did a workshop there. And one of my teaching partners was Doug Goodkin, which was Actually, really, again, lots of fun. Susie and Phil were there. Lots of good people. I've taught in five out of six Australian states. So I've taught in Australia four times. Mm, let's see, Italy. I got to go to Bologna, to the ISMI National Conference when it was in Bologna. And on that trip, Lynn Kleiner was staying at a very fancy hotel at the top of the hill. So we went out to see Lynn at the top of the hill, and there was these biker dudes in the lobby of the hotel. And my sister that was with me goes, they have to be somebody famous because they're with these gorgeous young things and they're not young and gorgeous. So they have to be somebody famous. So she goes and chats to them for a while and she finally comes back and she goes, oh, that's Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of them. (laughs) So I have a picture with the lead singer of Metallica after teaching at ISMI in Bologna. Awesome. (laughs) Now, without any spoilers... Any countries coming up? I went to Turkey in September, October, and I visited a school in Turkey. And I actually taught kids there, which was really interesting because they do not speak a word of English. So I picked some of the finger play poems from Music Play online for pre-K, and I did it with them. And so they're doing the motions with me. One potato, two potato, three potato, four, five potato, six potato, seven potato, more. Eight potato, nine potato, here comes number ten. Hot potato, hot potato, do it all again. (laughs) And potato was close enough to the Turkish word patat that they did catch on. They knew what it meant. They did the actions with me and they cracked up laughing at the end. That's awesome. I actually think teaching in other countries is amazing and I love to visit schools when I'm traveling. It's one of my favorite things to do. Well, it shows the the power of music that it's not just it's not just a western <laughs> thing but it, it transcends borders and languages and it's just awesome that way that was my question <laughs> um Oh, what has my musical journey been? That's actually an interesting question because I grew up in a family that did a lot of music. We sang in church. My dad was the choir director. My mom played the organ and the Gagne family of seven. We were the biggest family in Campbell River. 
he wanted us to be the Von Trapp family singers. <laughs> and I have to say, my oldest sister has a beautiful voice. She still does. My um, net, The brother that's next to me, he plays guitar, and he's actually got a new singer he's working with, and they are an amazing, amazing duo. So all of us did music in some shape or form. So my parents were the ones that tried to teach me piano because there was not a lot of money for piano lessons. Mm. So they tried. I didn't like practicing very much. <laughs> the older kids had more piano lessons than I did, and I was like a little monkey. I could parrot what they did. Ah. So when I was four years old, I learned how to play the sailor's hornpipe from Lila Fletcher, grade three. And they put me in a talent show, and I won third place. Like, it was exciting for a four-year-old. I didn't really know what I was doing, but just parroting what the older brothers and sisters were right. doing. Right. So the piano lessons, they tried again in grade four, but I wouldn't practice. That <laughs> clock over the piano, and I had to sit there for 30 minutes, just about killed me. <laughs> so I didn't do any more music till I hit band in junior high, which for me was grade seven, eight, nine, and okay. I freaking loved it. Started off on the saxophone because the family had a sax and a clarinet, and you played one of the two. Uh. And after the sax, I actually, I broke my arm in grade nine, and I the way the cast worked, it hit the octave key. So I switched to clarinet for a while, and then the school got a bassoon. And so they tossed the bassoon at me. I'd switched already, and really? they figured I could switch and learn quickly. So bassoon it became. And I started piano lessons again. And I was with Mrs. Brealey. And a whole group of her students were doing their grade 8 Royal Conservatory exam. And she thought, I'm just going to put you in with the group. I had had formal lessons for about a year at that point, <laughs> and she tossed me into, into grade eight, and by some miracle, I passed. And that that really was the formal training, other than, other than band. I had a friend who was taking oboe lessons at the University of Victoria. I had heard Severino Gazzaloni play flute at one of those community-type concert things. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the flute, bought a flute, I was actually working at the Dairy Queen, and I had to earn my own money to buy mm. the flute. Dollar twenty-five an hour takes a lot of it hours. Takes a lot of hours for a flute. Yeah. <laughs> for a flute, so I started going up with my friend to Victoria to take flute lessons with the flute teacher at the same time as she had lessons with the oboe teacher, and they let me into the music department. Not because okay. I was such a fabulous player, but because they thought I had promise. Huh. Music degree led to teaching, and I. Just love the teaching, and that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I, I knew you played flute. I did not know you played all those other instruments. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at all the woodwinds, and after teaching band for 18 years, I I can play beginner level on pretty well every instrument. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Best teaching memory? Oh, well, I'll tell you my funniest one. We had a resident composer, and at the end of the year, there was a big concert to honor the resident composer. And my high school choir was singing, I am but a small voice. And it had this lovely, quiet choral uh, piano intro to it. And the piano intro was just about done when Charlotte Stang's lens fell out of her glasses. <laughs> 
Clown. And it fell on the floor and it went blink, 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 blink. And the acoustics of the place were such that the whole audience heard it. So there's one choir kid laughing and then there's two. Yeah. And then the whole choir is cracked up. I'm laughing so hard I am crying. The lady who was videotaping the concert was laughing so hard she put it down. So we didn't <laughs> win Funniest Home Videos. But that was my funniest moment teaching. Um, favorite teaching memory? It's it, it's hard. It's it's really been a joy to see students that I taught go on and become music teachers themselves. Mm. And and there's some there's some pretty special memories in there. Hmm. That's cool. Uh, okay, this is a interesting one. Uh, what do you think the greatest challenge facing music educators today is? It is without any any hesitation. It is the excessive number of kids with behaviors that are challenging in the classes that are making it really, really difficult to teach music. Mm -hmm. I had a really nice visit with a teacher in New Brunswick last May, and he says, I'm concentrating on teaching them to be good humans. And that was very meaningful because that's what we have to do first. We have to make them into good humans first. And then if we teach some of the curriculum on top of it, more power. Hmm. Fortunately, music can be really engaging. Mm -hmm. And for some of these kids with the difficult behaviors, it's a way to bring them in and engage them in class activities. But it's taking a lot of energies of teachers. Teachers are really, really tired. Yeah. And, and I'm seeing burnout way sooner in the school year than mm. I've ever seen before. And it's all these challenging behaviors. And I guess another really big challenge is that parents are never happy. <laughs> There's always somebody who's not happy with you for some reason or other. So that is, it is difficult. It's really hard teaching compared to when I started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we appreciate teachers. I mean, my boy had, you know, we had him in sports and that, and he wasn't really a fit. And, and then we put him in music and boy, his grades have gone up. His attitude's way better. He helps with the dishes without me asking him. <laughs> Some of that's getting older, but I'm attributing that to music. <laughs> oh, that's a huge sign of maturity. If, if doing the dishes can be attributed to music, let, let's get let's, all our kids in exactly, lessons. Let's go with it. Um, uh, odd one. Uh, do you or did you have pets? <laughs> uh, I remember a cat that hated me. <laughs> yeah. Growing up, we had a, a wonderful dog. We called him a bugle because he was half beagle, half mongrel. Yeah. And his name was Chopper. And Chopper was family pet until I went off to university. They actually died when I was at university in, in New Zealand. And it was funny because that the night that he died, I actually had a death dream. And I woke up in the morning sobbing. And so I think there was lots of connection there. We always had cats of various shapes and sizes. As a kid, we had a white cat named Snowball. And my next brother up, the one that's the good guitar player, and I decided we would enter him in a pet show. But to make him stand out, we decided to dye him pink. So we went to the store and bought a package of Rit dye. And the two of us managed to get the cat into the dye long enough to turn him pink and Sure enough, he won a ribbon. So I've never mistreated cats that badly since. Please don't hate me for that. Uh, growing up, my own kids, uh, they had guinea pigs, which they dearly, dearly loved. And then cats started entering our lives. And 
My my daughters still love cats. My daughter that's out in the farm has two inside and seven outside cats. Yes, <laughs> many outside cats. <laughs> and uh, favorite non-musical activity? I really like dancing and things like jazzercise are a lot of fun. I love spending time with the grandkids. We have famous Uno battles where they all gang up on grandma and give me the plus fours. So I, I enjoy socializing a lot. I enjoy playing cards. I like reading. A lot of the things that I like to do, I, I can't do because of a shoulder injury right now. But uh, that's, that's what I hope to do. And I love travel. And if and when this shoulder thing heals up, I am going to be on the road six months of the year. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I think, well, through all the questions, do you have anything else you would want to see? Oh, I think that's lots of talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Denise. We'll uh, probably end up with uh, another round of those in the new year, but that's, uh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Morgan. Thank you for spending your time with us today. If you have other questions you would like to ask the staff or personalities of Music Play Online, please send them to morgan at musicplay.ca. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. It's time.